Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breadcrumbs. Today, I'm joined by Ray Baker. Ray is an author, trainer, black badge recipient from Trace Labs, a lot of other things, but most importantly, she holds the record for most repeat appearances on this podcast. Ray, how's it going? It's going good. You just is, keep, keep answering my Is that a badge DMs. of honor? <laughs> it's, it's certainly a mark of something. Um, you keep <laughs> responding to my DMs. So here we are on your third slash fourth episode. The third one will never see the light of day because it was so I, good. It was just too too hot for the internet. They just weren't ready for it. Or sometimes I'm bad at recording things. It was a great talk though. So we're gonna do a dramatic reenactment of the things that were said that faithful day several weeks ago. And I think it's gonna be a pretty good time. I have more of a voice this time. I'm not sick, so it's it's even better. <laughs> We could probably talk about any number of things. Um, I'm still working through your book. Uh, shame on me. Um, it is hilarious, though, because I wrote my own OSINT guide right before starting that book. Um, and then I start reading the book and I'm like, oh, that's a way better way to say what I just said. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'll rewrite mine. Okay. <laughs> no, um, thank you. Yeah. And I, honor, I'm honored. Yeah, no, um, it's a it's a great book, um, Deep Dive by Ray Baker. Um, I'll link that down in the show notes, but I found it um, super approachable. Even as someone who has, you know, done OSINT for a couple of years now, I'm still getting a lot out of it. And um, hopefully that's like an encouragement to anybody out there. If you want to write a book, make a podcast, write a blog, like, don't get tripped up in the fact that somebody else has already done it because no one has done it the way you're going to. Like, the way yeah. that even, like, the things that we've both explained, like, the way you touch on ethics and responsibility in your book is different than the way I explain it in my, you know, OSINT field manual. So, same topic, different takes, both e equally valuable, just one of them someone got paid to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I do think it's it's valuable to have like all sorts of different viewpoints on the exact same topics. I mean, like you said, we could write the exact same topic and it would be completely different just because of our our life experiences. Yeah. Well, the the main reason I've drug you into the depths of the internet this evening, um I really want to talk about case scenarios. Um oh, case yeah came across my radar a while back, but I finally got around to like really checking it out. I paid for a class, um, jumped in head first, and I've had a really, really great time. So if you wouldn't mind for the umpteenth time, um, just <laughs> uh, give, give, give me and the listeners like a rundown of what case is, where it came from, um, just really anything you wanna say, and I'm sure I'll cut you off with random questions along the way. Yeah, sure. Um, so case scenarios was an idea that, uh, Espen, the, my co-creator and I came up with, um, we were looking for a new way to kind of teach OSINT, um, that is immersive and realistic so that you, when you're training, you feel like you could be doing challenges that you would have on the job, if that makes sense. So a lot of the training that you get 
that is available now is high cost, um, maybe tens of thousands of dollars. Or on the complete opposite end, there's like free capture the flags, but there's no storyline, there's no stakeholders, there's no like no immersion or realistic kind of insight into like maybe what it would be like to be a journalist or an OSIN analyst or something like that. So we created case scenarios and it is very media heavy. So we do videos, audio, um, sometimes I'm outside just taking pictures of random things to make like challenges. Uh, we have characters that we come up with. We come up with a storyline for each scenario. We try to pick a topic, whether it is journalism or law enforcement or any number of topics where OSINT would be applicable. And we focus the story on training you through uh, OSINT concepts and challenges to the end where you solve a crime or solve a mystery or or something like that. Was that succinct enough? <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, but I might try. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so having having gone through and, and done um, the dark water scenario, the thing that I guess like strikes me the most as what separates like case scenarios from a number of other trainings is the use of a storyline or a narrative as the catalyst for learning. Um, the, and I mentioned this in the, uh, the write up I did about my case scenarios experience, but I liken it to like, if you're trying to learn a programming language, we'll just say Python. So you're trying to learn Python, like someone can teach you the fundamentals you need to learn how to code and you can pick them up and then you hit this brick wall really hard. Yep. <laughs> um, like, okay, well not now what, like, what do I do? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but the advice I give to people that I may be, you know, trying to get into coding or even for myself, like, if you have a project or a goal or a problem, like it's something tangible that you're trying to solve that can get you, you know, through that wall pretty quick. You're going to start picking up new skills that you didn't learn in your introductory classes because you have a very specific problem that you want to solve. And with case scenarios, the, the narrative does that for you. Like, okay, this is where the story's going. I have to answer this question what skills do I need to answer that question? And I think that's yeah. really, really unique and really, really effective. And I think we were seeing that a lot with people who would take trainings, maybe week-long trainings or like several hours. And then you go back home and you sit at your desk and you're like, all right, I learned all of this cool stuff. Now what? <laughs> what do I do with it? Like, how do I apply it? Um, maybe you don't feel comfortable doing it safely just on the internet because you hear about all the the bad things that can happen if people know you're looking at them and, and things like that. So we thought case would be a good way to like inspire people, whether they've taken training already or have no background in OSINT at all. We, we beta test it with people who have never done OSINT before and it gives them a reason to practice these skills that they, they are learning for the first time or are already know. Yeah. And it was, that was the other thing that kind of like, like struck me was like, you're, you're providing a realistic training experience in a safe environment. 
And that's, that's a really difficult thing to do like effectively. Um, yeah. You know, anybody can spin up CTFD and, you know, put in some challenge questions that are, are worthwhile. Like I did one of those two weeks ago and it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, those are cool CTFs like, Hey, you know, here's this picture. Where was it taken? Okay. Put in the answer. But like the way you've done it, it really does feel real. Um, you know, speaking as someone that does OSINT for a day job, um, like I found myself like approaching the scenario pretty much the same way I would my day job. So I, I think that speaks volumes to the way that you set it up. Yeah, that 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 does make me feel good about what we're doing. Like the the one example, we test a lot of things with, with each scenario. We're testing new ways of teaching. And one of the more recent things that we have done is like reporting. So the, in the one scenario, um, we have, you know, you, you do a bunch of challenges, you, the storyline goes along, and then you have to submit a report. So your stakeholder has asked you for a report. You submit your report based on the findings that you have amassed throughout the scenario. And then we have the stakeholder respond to you like, this is great. Or Nah, I think you need to work on this a little harder or, you know, so we are not interacting with you. The, your, your boss is basically. Yeah. And, um, I, I didn't mention this anecdote in the write-up I did, but I, I think it'll translate to a pretty, uh, fun story. Now, most like educational experiences, um, follow a pretty standard formula. Like you learn this thing and then you're in some way tested on that knowledge or you in some way apply that knowledge, rinse and repeat. Um, so like, you know, that can create very good test takers, but might not create good critical thinkers, which is critical, if you will, when, right, you're, try- when you're trying to be an investigator. Um, so like my like aha moment was I was I was going through the very beginning of, of Dark Waters I was like taking all these notes. I was, you know, grabbing screenshots, um, similar to I would with my day job. And then I get the first question and I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) How am I supposed to know that? Oh yeah. I have to go figure that out now. (laughs) Like (laughs) that was my, yeah. And um, then that's, that's been the hard thing is like educating people on how it's different from a CTF because it is kind of a new concept and, a lot of people, especially when we first put out Dark Waters, were very confused about the the storytelling. So we had to do a lot of like educational, like this is what case is, this is how it works. Yeah, whereas like traditionally, like you would expect like, oh, there were like clues in the story you were telling that I just had to pay attention to. Um, but no, it's um like out of the gate, like you have to go out on the internet and start finding things. You have to draw back on the story that's been told up to that point but like you were out there on the you know on the internet doing no send <laughs> um, and it, it is uh that is very much how a real investigation feels like you're just presented with this random question that you have to understand okay who's asking that question what do i know about about the question like what context do i have okay what are they really trying, you know, what am I really trying to answer? Okay, where's that information found? Um, like, and that's all just like fundamental investigative techniques, not 
necessarily specific to OSINT. Um, but like very, very quickly and for the rest of the scenario, like you're in that mindset. So like, as I would complete a section, I'm like, well, what's next? We just did, <laughs> you know, we just did enumerating usernames. Maybe it's geolocation. I don't know. And then it was, it was something totally different. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. It, it was not formulaic. It wasn't like, okay, well now, now I've cracked the code. So I just have to do these five things and just churn through it. It was clearly a lot of like thought and effort had been put into these. Um, and it, it like kept you guessing up until the very end about like what techniques you would need to employ. And I'm not shy about saying like, I got stuck. Like there was stuff in there. <laughs> I'm like, how am I going to do this? Like I, I get what they're asking, but how the hell am I going to find that? Uh, so fortunately there are hints in the, in the, the platform. Those were super useful. But they're not uh, hints from us. They're hints from your coworkers or your boss mm -hmm. or, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, so it still stays immersive. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's the other thing that I think made it feel real, like in real life, in real investigative work, you're very rarely totally on your own. Um, yeah. Even if you're a private investigator, you still have, you still have a network of colleagues and peers to, you know, bounce things off of. You still have other people to talk to. You still have the person that hired you, you know, to pepper them with questions. Um, so like the, the, the community aspect, I think, just added an element of realism as well. Yeah. I, in some of the scenarios we you know, that your friend or your coworker might be providing you more information or, you know, hey, how about you look at this address I found, something like that, that that that's the hint is from from somebody you work with. And that's I feel like that's pretty lifelike. That's how it works when you get stuck. You you turn to your I mean, if if I worked in an office next to someone, <laughs> I would turn to them and say, like, hey, what do you think about this? I feel like the scenario didn't teach me anything, but the scenario yeah. did make me learn a lot of things, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, yeah. So like there was no like, okay, guys, you know, read your case manual and then, and then, <laughs> right. and then, oh, you know, all the answers to the test are in there. It's like, no, like, here's the story. Here are the questions. If you don't know how to geolocate a picture, <laughs> start Googling. If you don't know how to, find a Wi-Fi network, start Googling. And like, that's, that's real life. Like, I don't care how far along you are in your investigative career. There are situations where you're like, how am I going to figure this out? I need to figure yeah. out how to figure this out. Yes. And, and we have, so we are, our first scenario, Dark Waters, when it came out, uh, we have beta testers that tests. So we, we pulled in a bunch of beta testers. A lot of them had never done OSINT before, like completely different field, just thought it would be fun, got pulled in by a friend. Um, and the, the one, her name is Noelle Hollis. And we've actually made her a student ambassador for a case because she did the first one and she took notes. She was like super into it. She like looked it all up. She got through it and she did the next one. And then she did the next one. And now she's like looking for jobs in OSINT. Like she's a good OSINT analyst already. Yeah, there was just so much like quality there. Um, I can I can I can tell that you and the team have obviously put a lot of work into it. Um, how long does it even take to like put together a scenario? I would imagine as time goes on, parts of the process become more efficient. But at the same time, 
if you're trying to keep things fresh, it probably gets more difficult as the scenarios go on. Like, what's that experience like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really only the two of us. Um, we just we just brought on a marketing person, um, but for the most part, it's just the two of us coming up with the ideas. We kind of chat back and forth about like we just throw out wild ideas, um, and then something sticks, and then we we create like a Google doc and we go through and we put in like what we want to teach in the scenario. So if we decide we want to do a law enforcement scenario, we come up with the crazy idea of what it's about. And then we go through what kind of like a curriculum, what you would want to hit on, what do you want them to learn by the end? And then we have to make the storyline fit that, which is not as easy as it might sound. (laughs) It is not at all. But the the time, it varies by how long the scenario actually is. So while it gets easier because we have our processes kind of down, we test new things all the time, like the reporting or, you know, all sorts of different ways that we're doing things on the back end and communicating and our logic, how it how it's set up. So because we're constantly like innovating on our end, it never really gets easier. That makes sense. You're just kind of a victim of your own <laughs> success. If you only had to do it, do it, do it once, it'd be very simple. But I mean, <laughs> you you know, I I've talked extensively about true crime, so like I have a lot of stories to pull from, and Espen watches a lot of true crime stuff, and you know, he's got all the Norwegian crime, which is like the best true crime, and we use all of that knowledge to come up with the crazy storylines that we're doing or like the twists and turns. And I think it would be a lot harder if we, if we did not watch a lot of this stuff to come up with these like dramatic stories. And that was actually going to be my very next question. So I think anybody that knows anything about you probably knows that you're a huge (laughs) fan of, of true crime. Some people could call you crime's biggest fan. I don't know about that. <laughs> I would like to go on the record stating Ray Baker is a crime advocate. She's advocating for more crimes so she can more get crime, more, more Netflix shows. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Um, but uh, but I am I'm I'm curious. Like, was that was that like passion or that interest um, part of what like pushed you towards case? Um, do oh, you for like sure. do you draw on any of like? the stories and experiences like you've had from that. Like, so like how much does your, you know, passion for true crime play into like your training company? Uh, A whole lot. (laughs) Um, It, it it does. It's cases, a weird like culmination of everything that I have done up until now. So my background before I got into OSINT was graphic design and marketing. Um, Then I got into OSINT and you know, and, and while I'm doing all that, I'm watching like all the true crime stuff that I can and listening to all the podcasts. So here comes Case and we create something that requires me to do marketing all the time. So I'm doing like all the marketing. I'm doing all the graphics and video and and stuff like that and helping develop the storylines. So I'm using all my graphic design skills and then I'm helping to develop challenge questions. So I'm using my OSINT stuff. So it's like everything. And you never really know like, when you're learning things, even if it's like a completely different career, how it's going to, you know, intersect in your future. It's just very bizarre that everything kind of fell into the same, same place. But I pull a lot from, 
from true crime. So betrayal, our free scenario, is actually based on two two real crime stories. And I'm not going to tell you which one. If if you take it and you can come up with which which two, I will give you a round of applause. That's Challenge all you accepted. get. <laughs> no, I love hearing if people can pull out like which two which two cases I use. Nice. Um, I, I like how you, you, you touched on kind of the long and sometimes roundabout journey that, that got you here. Um, let's touch on that for a second. Um, because you've started a training company, you've written a book, um, you've done a ton of stuff. How'd you even start doing that? Like, cause like, it's 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 easy to like look where you like like where you are now and for me or somebody else on the internet to say nope <laughs> can't do it but at the same time like you probably thought that same thing oh yeah three, i mean i three, think five that all the ten time. years ago <laughs> but, um, ten years ago i i just started this in 2019 so <laughs> it wasn't that long ago yeah um so like like, how do you even begin to like take those steps or like, like looking back on your journey now, like, you know, what are some things that you're like, Hey, like I, I did that right. Or is things like, man, I could have done that differently and gotten here two years sooner. Like, what are some of your learnings so far? Um, I think overall I came into the field really quickly and I don't know if it was like right place, right time or, or what. Um, but I, I started going back to school. I was a graphic designer for 15 years doing digital and print marketing. And I, I developed books like on the graphic design side for an educational company. Um, so I kind of have the educational background too. Um, and I just, I wanted more money. I wanted something more technical. Uh, so I just kind of on a whim picked cybersecurity because it sounded interesting. <laughs> and I, I was going through school, um, I was probably about a year in and we got invited to the layer eight conference because I ran the Penn state tech club and we would have people from the industry come in. Like I would go on Twitter and I would make friends with, you know, hackers and prominent people and have them come in and talk for an hour or something to our club. And, uh, Patrick Laverty came on and he offered tickets to layer eight, which is an OSINT conference in Rhode Island. And me and a few friends went and they convinced me to do a Trace Labs event. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but fine, I'll do it. And I played in Trace Labs and that was kind of it. <laughs> I like it. It was true crime. It was, you know, investigating things and I loved it. And from there on, I was just sold on OSINT and I went home and I was already kind of like, you know, telling myself, I'm in school. I need to not waste this money because I'm going back on my own dime this time. And so I was, you know, I ran the tech club. I was trying to put myself out there so that when I finished, I could potentially get a job. When we played in the Trace Labs event, we won second place. Um, the first place winners were actually from my current job. After they saw us win, they followed me online and they actually reached out because of my blogs and talks that I was doing and offered me offered me to apply. And then I, I got hired. So that's kind of like how I snaked my way into to OSINT. And then as far as the book, like I 
I honestly never believe myself that I could do these things. <laughs> so I make New Year's resolutions that are completely insane. And I just, you know, some are attainable. I try and make attainable goals, like write so many blogs a year or whatever. But then I'll pick one that's just crazy and I, that I don't think I'm going to ever reach. And then I do somehow. And then I have to set another one. <laughs> and I have to keep like one upping myself. Now I'm I'm not really sure what to do because it's coming up and I'm gonna have to come up with a new one and and I don't know. Um, I'm just putting it out there. I'm thinking like eight to ten episode Netflix series, maybe HBO Max. Um, I would. I feel like I you have would options. Die. I would die for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have I, a few ideas that I would give to Netflix, but I don't know. They haven't <laughs> called me yet. Hey. It's like, it's one of those things. Like if you, if you put it out there, someone's going to buy it. Um, my, my, my thing that I always fall, fall back on as someone who's always aspired to like write a screenplay or a, a, a television show. Um, I go back to the example of the expanse, the sci-fi show. Yeah. The expanse was on the sci-fi network for, I believe it's first two seasons, maybe three. It got canceled. Well, a big a big fan of the expanse was mr jeff bezos so he bought yeah. the show put it on prime and they ran for like two or three more seasons moral of the story you only need one fan if that that's fan true. has a ton of money that's true so you just have to find that one fan that is very true yeah and as far as writing it like i had never written anything that big i mean I write papers for school. That's about it. Which, by the way, I am still in school. So they hired me before I finished school. <laughs> um, so I still, I do case and I work and all that. And I'm still in cybersecurity program. Um, but I, I just broke it down into kind of steps. So like I knew how many, like Wiley gave me goal, goal posts. So like have half done by this date. So I kind of knew how much I needed to have done because I knew the total page count. So then I broke it down like to have that many pages, how many pages do I need to do per day or per week to get to that? And then my process was kind of just like barf out words <laughs> and, and fill the page. And then I do that all week. And then on the weekend, I would go back through it and make it into like real words. Um, but if I wasn't just throwing out my thoughts like randomly, I would never start because I just sit there like trying to write good words and they would never come. Yeah. And the motivational poster in my head, because there's no space left on my walls, <laughs> is uh, is something to the effect of, the only thing worse than what you just did is what you never did. Right. Yep. Like getting, getting past that, that fear of, or, you know, that, that self doubt that whatever, like just, just write something like, like, Hey, like <laughs> if you want to write a screenplay, write one page that just, if it, if yep. it sucks, whatever. And then write two pages and three and four. And a month later you've got half your screenplay done. <laughs> It's yep. a, or a book like, Hey, you know what? Like you might not be happy with that, with that chapter, but it's better than no chapters. And they have editors like, yeah, <laughs> they'll fix it for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think like, I don't 
I don't like rejection. Nobody likes rejection, but it's not enough to cause me not to throw wild ideas out or try crazy things. Because I I wanted I always wanted to write a book. My mom always said to me like, "You're going to write a book one day." I'm like, "About what?" <laughs> about what mom <laughs> but, but I guess I did um but yeah I I it was daunting like I didn't first of all I didn't expect that they would say yes so I pitched the idea and then they said yes and then I, I just like oh I'm sure a lot of OSINT students are I sat in front of my computer like oh okay what now <laughs> I just I'll, I'll just paint a a a a picture for everyone listening you know imagine you know you're ray baker you just got your acceptance back from the publisher they said yes <laughs> cut to you know google in in a chrome browser that probably needs updating how do you can. write a book yeah that wouldn't be really far off like <laughs> how to write an intro how to <laughs> yeah yeah definitely because you know ai wasn't super big then i mean this was like a year ago i started this it really would have helped if i would have used chat gpt or something that um that is kind of like a fun aside um like in cybersecurity, you know like ai you know get is this huge either it's e either one it's a it's a, a boogeyman while simultaneously being the thing that's going to save us all um but for like your everyday person or for if you're if you're trying to create it, it can be super valuable just for like giving you an outline like hey like here's this thing i want to give a conference talk about what would be a good outline for a 60 minute talk yeah like it's not it's not it's 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 not going to write the talk for you but it can like give you a structure and then you can start filling in gaps and rearranging the pieces um yeah it can be super useful um just if you but again, you still have to write something. And and for me, I mean, if you look at case stuff, AI helps, you know, if, if you're using media, like making a media rich production and you don't have actors yet, you you can't find stock photography of someone doing the things we're talking about. Like nobody's, you know, digging up something in the yard and, you know, like waving at the same time. Like you're not going to get the very specific story that we're telling. Uh, so AI helps us a lot with those types of images and just with like titles and just random things like that. It's that and, you know, the videos getting better. I look forward to the future of AI. I think it's it's amazing for design if you're not trying to sell logos and stuff because it's probably hurting those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the the dust certainly has yet to settle on that one, but hopefully anybody that has maybe just never used ChatGPT before like there there really is like a a, a real value in just like it kind of getting the ball rolling for you or giving you a framework to work within. Um also, I forgot to crack this joke earlier, but it's funny that, you know, your your mom always said, you know, you were going to write a book. My mom has actively discouraged me writing a book for most of my life. She's probably just <laughs> worried about how I'm going to por portray her specifically. So she's always <laughs> <laughs> just discouraged me from 
you know, being a writer, you know, when I was getting my degree in English, she was like, are you, are you, you sure you don't want to go to medical school? I was like, you're just going to write that book, mom. Did she want to pay for medical school, yeah. mom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, it's basically just this extortion I've been running for about 20 years. Yeah. I, I mean, I think she wanted me to write like a, a, a you know, a fiction book, but this is, this is probably as close as she's going to get. So Case is doing great. You have the one free scenario. You currently have two paid scenarios with a third one dropping soon. Is that correct? Yeah, we have Betrayal, which is the free scenario. And that is, uh, that's a, a murder mystery, sort of. Um, someone's wife gets murdered and you're trying to figure out if the husband did it or, you know, who did it. And there's all kinds of cool stuff like you know, autopsy reports and stuff that I handmade. So please go and enjoy them. <laughs> um, we have Dark Waters, which is like a journalism focused. Uh, you're an investigative journalism going to like a small town in Pennsylvania and trying to figure out the secrets, why everybody's getting sick. Uh, we have The Vanishing of Rosie Parker, which is uh, our newest one. And that is a missing person scenario. So Rosie vanishes and you have to find her you're working with the police to track her you know internationally to see if you can figure out what happened and then we have um one that is dropping on september 21st and that is a shorter scenario it's like 60 to 90 minutes is beginner level um one of the cheaper scenarios is like 25 bucks it's super cool i did all the art is Everyone is commenting on the art. It's I really enjoyed making it. Um, it's very comic booky focused. Um, lots of graphics, and that is a scenario about um, you're tracking a digital stalker. He's stalking a celebrity, and she's reported it, and you're trying to hunt him down. Nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um... In addition to the scenarios themselves, there is also an entire Discord community um, sort of built around Case. Do you want to touch on that? Yeah. So we have uh, a community with over 10,000 people. Um, it used to be the OSINT Curious Discord, and we kind of we were already in it and we already ran it. So when the OSINT Curious project kind of disbanded, we became the Case Scenarios uh, Discord. It is all OSINT educational kind of stuff. It's not case blasting you every second about like joining case scenarios. We have our own little channels. Like if you need to go and ask for help, but the rest of it is just, you know, if you have a question about something you're doing in OSINT or you want to share something, you can go and there's a whole bunch of cool people on there who will talk to you, including Espen and I and all of our beta testers. Yeah, and I, I think that's maybe the final thing that I think really impresses me about case in general, like it would, it would be cool if it was just standing alone by itself. Um, but after any, any training, you know, the question is always, okay, like what next? Like, how do I keep growing? Do I keep paying you? Um, but here, <laughs> like you can, I mean, you could do no scenarios and just hang out in the community. Um, but there's this entire community built around continuing to learn, continuing to support one another and, encourage um and 
I just see like so many parallels with that and like what we're trying to do at Trace Labs. It just it's like really cool to see like those communities like thriving. That there are still that there are there are places out there on the internet where brand new people can come in and learn, you know, not just how to do OSINT, but how to do it responsibly, how to do it respectfully. Yeah. Um, that's really, really important to me. And I think one of the things that really sets case apart from any other training experience I've taken. Yeah, and we're we're really passionate about about the educational aspect. Like, yes, it's a company, but we love seeing people work through it. One of my favorite things is when we do the beta test because we'll have like 10 people all working on it at the same time and we get to see when they get stuck and then when they figure it out one at a time and then they joke and they make memes and it's it's just like super entertaining watching and inspiring because like a lot of these people they get stuck and they get upset like I can't get through this I'm I'm like completely blocked and then they go away and they come back and they solve it and then they're like yes I got it and you can kind of see the wheels turning like oh I just learned something by being stuck because there are people that have done not just case but other you know CTFs and stuff and they don't like getting stuck they want the hints they want to be able to like keep progressing and yeah sure some people probably learn like that but I think there's a lot of value in getting stuck on something like in the real world if you get stuck you're stuck like <laughs> you might work on something for months like before you have a break um we're not they're not that difficult like, in our scenarios but there are points where you might get stuck and have to take a break or google something and you know look around but i think i think there's a lot of value in that absolutely well ray I feel like we've all learned something over the last hour or so. Um, I've learned all about case. You've learned to maybe stop answering my DMs. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, never. These are always <laughs> the most fun. But the important thing is that lessons were learned. Uh, that's that's the thing that I would like us all to stay focused on. Um, do you have anything uh, you want to plug? Anything you want to let the community know about? Uh, can they find you anywhere? Are you going to be anywhere? Uh, what's up with you for the near future? Yeah, yeah, uh, you can always find me on the Case Discord. I'm I'm there pretty much all the time. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Wondersmith underscore Ray. And then in person, I will be at the Osmosis Conference in New Orleans, the October 15th through 17th, doing a book signing. Um, so I will be there at a table. I won't be able to run away, and you can have me sign your book. Awesome. Well, um, I always enjoy our conversations even even the ones that don't get recorded correctly so <laughs> thank you again for taking some time out of your obviously busy schedule to hang out with me um i look forward to our next conversation um no problem i i love uh trace labs and everything you guys do and i love talking to you so it's no problem at all awesome <laughs>